There's a run on gas stations on the East Coast as folks are panic buying fuel after reports that a cyber attack on Colonial Pipeline has shut down a key gas artery. So what's going on? I'm Roger Chang and this is your Daily Charge. Here with me to discuss the attack is CNET editor Ray Hodge. Welcome, Ray. Hey, thanks for having me, Roger. Before we get to the panic over this potential gas shortage, and, and we want to say potential and hedge it, let's talk about the cyber attack. So what happened to Colonial Pipeline? Well, uh, uh, Colonial Pipeline, it basically it owns and operates the central gas pipeline that feeds the East Coast market. I mean, this thing is huge. It is, uh, they claim it's the biggest in the U.S., and that's very much what might be true. Uh, they've got services at seven airports, 14 states, about uh, 5,500 miles, more than 100 million gallons of fuel per day. That company shut down that pipeline Friday after discovering uh, ransomware on its computer system. And just to go Back to basics for our listeners. What exactly is a ransomware attack? Well, ransomware is basically exactly what it sounds like. Your computer system, your network, your data, basically it gets captured and held hostage by malicious actors until you pay the ransom for it. Uh, in the Colonial Pipeline case, hackers began their attack on Thursday and stole about 100 gigs of data as a part of a, a double extortion scheme. Yeah, and what, what is a double extortion scheme? Because I've heard that term thrown around a lot. Um, that is where you get to extort a victim twice with the same hack. Um, so first you steal the data from the organization, you encrypt the files uh, and demand a ransom to decrypt that data and give them back. Now that's the first part. The second part is then you can later threaten to leak that stolen data if your victim doesn't pony up an additional payment. Got it. Almost like a, a double dipping scheme when it comes to, to using that data. H how has Colonial responded to this? So the first thing they did uh, was uh, hit the kill switch, so to speak. Um, they said in a recent statement uh, to us that uh, they proactively took certain systems offline to contain the threat, which temporarily halted all the pipeline operations and affected their IT systems. Then they promised to restore a substantial amount of services by the end of this week. Um, so then on Tuesday, uh, Colonial said it also had worked with its shippers to transport about 41 million gallons uh, to delivery points along that pipeline. Um, and they said that they had also taken the delivery of about 84 million gallons from refineries as it sort of readies to open its uh, floodgates back up. Got it. So uh, any indication that Colonial ended up paying or are they just sort of working around the, the ransomware? So I'm currently not seeing anything so far on on how they're how they're going to whether they're going to pay it or anything like that uh, I'm not seeing anything on my side uh, to confirm that one way or another but you know unfortunately that's usually what um, companies organizations and even municipal governments end up doing they end up paying out these uh, ransomware hackers yeah and it's an interesting bind right because uh, usually you know you're told not to pay the ransom or to negotiate with hostages. Uh, what Generally, what do law enforcement officials say? Like, What is their recommendation when it comes to what to do if you become a victim of a ransomware attack? So obviously, they want you to alert the authorities so that they can investigate uh, and handle that from a, a law enforcement and judicial side. Um, but you know, there's actually something kind of crazy about that, right? Because it's a catch-22. Uh, the U.S. Treasury recently said you could face uh, penalties and fines. Uh, potentially even escalating to charges if you pay some types of ransomware hackers. 
Uh, the reason behind that is if that you pay certain malicious actors in certain countries, you might actually be violating U.S. sanctions. So that's a, uh, you know, um, obviously that's going to hurt you twice as much. Uh, first to hurt you to pay the ransom, and then to potentially pay the fines. Of course, the the Treasury sub department behind that statement also said that that public warning was intended to discourage organizations from paying on the premise that continuing to pay these ransoms is only going to encourage more ransomware attacks. Um, so it's a, it's a very sticky place to navigate right now. Absolutely. Like that you're basically choosing between potential f- fines and being on the hook for funding a hacker group or like having your data held hostage and not be able to, you know, operate your business. So like I can imagine that that's a big, big dilemma. Uh, let's go back to Colonial specifically. Uh, who's behind this ransomware attack? Um, so the FBI said on Tuesday that it is a group called DarkSide. And they are basically a, um, they hit English speaking countries from the best that we've learned so far. They avoid operating in former Soviet bloc countries. They sell their ransomware. Um, basically, it's called ransomware as a service. And then get this, they maintain a help desk for negotiation with victims. <laughs> that so, is a uh, very, very professional setup. Like they, they, <laughs> they have like a full service helpline for you to get the, to get your, your data back just as long as you're, you're willing to contribute. I want to know what the weight music is, you know, like, is it, is there a call for music? <laughs> you know? I know it's weird. It's weird that we're making light of something that of an organization that's called dark side, which clearly, you know, if you're calling yourselves dark side, you're probably not, a good guy, um, but it is unusual how official this has become. Like you even mentioned the idea of a ransomware as a service. I, mean, I don't know if you can talk a little bit about that. Like what what does that even entail? I mean, I wish I could tell you more. Uh, basically, what's happening here is um, this is no longer just a matter of a handful of uh, one-off players or small clatches of people making targeted, you know, attacks on one or two things to try and get large sums of money. This has become a huge thing. Ransomware is its own industry now. Attacks are commonly increasing year over year. Uh, It's become an enormous problem. So this uh, availability and this vulnerability that is so widespread, particularly in the U.S., uh, as a susceptibility towards ransomware attacks, has sprung up its, you know, sort of economically natural counterpart in these other countries where they operate. You're getting larger and larger outposts and organizations. I mean, this is, I, I hesitate to say cottage industry because the returns are so big on it, right? Right, right. Yeah, the, the idea that it's the, it's a service that you could essentially, you could buy their technology to launch your own ransomware attacks. That's It's scary, but I could almost like, somewhat admire in a horrifying way the entrepreneurship of that kind of business model um <laughs> it's but yeah it's it's definitely a, a, it's a bad sign because it's making it a lot easier for folks to conduct these kinds of attacks uh, again going back to colonial and this particular shortage there's obviously been a lot of concern about like gas shortages in general so i don't know if you could talk a little bit about that and sort of what officials have been saying about whether or not there is going to be a gas shortage. Sure, sure. So yeah, I mean, definitely when you're going from 100 million uh, gallons of gas per day as a, as a pipeline that you're moving and you hit that kill switch, there's going to be um, some shut off, some, some slowdown on the shortage supply. And we have seen, you know, we have seen that. Um, uh, our, our latest reporting on it at CNET tells us that, you know, uh, the Department of Transportation has already posted a regional emergency declaration for 18 states plus D.C., uh, in response to this, 
um, the, the declaration is kind of like meant to keep the fuel supply on the East Coast flowing. North Carolina, South Carolina, and Virginia also have declared states of emergency. That shortage, however, uh, has led to, over the course of a week, about six cents jumping in U.S. Uh, gas prices, right? So as of Monday, we're at $2.95 uh, or 96 cents per gallon. And then this morning, Wednesday morning, we're up to about $3 per gallon. But despite the shortage, uh, some of these governors in the affected states, along with the uh, energy secretary, Jennifer Granholm, have said there is no need to stock up. There is no need to hoard. Um, they anticipate the pipeline getting back to near normal by the end of the week. So uh, the current advice is, is calm down. It's not going to last that long. And so far, it's only six cents on the gallon. Right. I think this is one of those instances similar to the, the start of the you know coronavirus lockdown when uh, people made a run on toilet paper, and even though there there was adequate supply normally of toilet paper because folks were hoarding, there was a shortage. It seems to be the case with the gas situation, right? There are right. folks who are hoarding or filling up gas tanks, not get just gas tanks, but but sort of bins of uh, of extra fuel, and that's been causing a lot of the shortages, right? Right, exactly. I mean, that big run on the market is always going to surge up those prices and. Uh, sort of exacerbate any any potential shortage that there might be uh, at any point. Great. Lastly, going back to the issue of ransomware, just for our listeners who are you know worried about potential attacks or have been attacked, I'm, I'm curious if there are any steps or any ways to protect yourself from ransomware. For sure. Um, so obviously, ransomware attacks on big things like, you know, Colonial Pipeline and on municipal governments and hospitals are going to be vastly different than anything that hits you as an individual, right? Unless you are Bill Gates uh, or something like that, in which case, Bill, please, you, you just disregard my advice here and go your own <laughs> route. But, um, <laughs> but if you're just like me, if you are an everyday person and you are um, just not worried about a government level hack, um, there are a few things you can do that are just basic security hygiene points that you would do for any other type of attack to pr protect yourself from that. The first thing you want to do is, is go ahead right now and, and check haveibeenpwned.com. Even if you Google search it wrong, don't worry. Google will help you there. It will direct you because it is the Internet's most well-known roster of compromised accounts. Search your information. See if any of your accounts have been compromised. If so, go change your passwords. Speaking of passwords, don't use and especially don't reuse what I like to call dumb passwords, which are things like your birthday or your social security number or other things that you wouldn't give a random person on the street. Um, so aside from password health, if you're not familiar with apps and software installation, no problem, lots of people aren't, then just stick to the main roads, right? Uh, official company websites that you trust uh, for apps, Google Play or Apple's App Store, that kind of thing. Stick to the main legitimate places to get your software so that you're not randomly pulling in oddball things from oddball websites. And also if you're signing up for online news services or whatever, and you just kind of want to test them out, use a burner email account, keep it away from your main inbox. The next best thing you can do, especially if you travel a lot, you love open Wi-Fi networks like we all do, get yourself a reliable VPN. Um, those Wi-Fi network attacks aren't near as common as they once were, but public Wi-Fi networks are still sort of a petri dish of weird security and privacy threats. So just get yourself a good VPN. And while you're at it, install a good antivirus and keep it updated. Even if it's annoying and you have to do it every few days, update it. It will help you eliminate an entire class, an entire family of viruses and software threats. So those are those basic things that you can do. 
for yourself, not only to prevent against ransomware, but to prevent against all kinds of stuff. Absolutely. And, and I think just generally keeping your software up to date, your operating system up to date is, is good practice. And I, I really uh, would reiterate Ray's advice about your password. Just as a note, the most common password used last year was still 123456. So really get a little bit more creative with your passwords if you can. Uh, Ray, thank you for your time. You can check out all of our coverage on this on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to CNET.co slash Daily Charge. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.